0: I remember in the sanctuary we had a placard on the front right, and in that on that placard it had uh, total attendance, it had the number of visitors, and it had um, total uh, general admissions and total offering every week, and it showed the, the offering from the previous week. And I remember in the 80s I, I worked for I did a, had a lawn service and I worked around the neighborhood, and there was one woman that I worked for, and I remember one of the conversations we had when we were kid when I was a kid is she asked me how many, how much offering um, per week did uh, Hallmark give? And I remember, I could answer that, cause I knew, um, looking at that placard, I knew exactly how much we had the week before and what the attendance was. And I remember her response was, are you sure? Because I don't, a church that small shouldn't be given that much money. That made an impact on me. And as a kid, I remember, I remembered that. And I, I thought I was impressed with Hallmark. and. And, and how much they gave as a kid. I got my first job
1: when I was 16. I was a ticket taker for the Texas Rangers, got paid 10 bucks a game. And that very first paycheck, you know, as soon as I got paid, uh, the next Sunday, you know, the offering envelope was just the same. There was uh, the, the tithe to the church and, and money for missions. And that just continued for us, you know. We didn't ever have to start it. It was just something that we always did. When giving got hard, is as a young couple, when we started uh, having kids, having a family, uh, Tanya quit work to, you know, stay home, be a full-time mom, raise our kids. And when she quit work, that was a third of our income disappeared at the same time that uh, you know your expenses are going way up. Yeah, there there are times uh, later on uh, when we started making more money, and um, you, knew, you you see your friends having um, maybe new cars or um, a bigger nicer house than you have, and you knew that financially <coughs> we could afford it, but um, <coughs> we didn't spend at the top of our limit. We always um, spent at the, the bottom of our limit and because we wanted to make sure we had money to, to give for our tithe and, and put back for savings and put back for retirement. Carl had gotten laid off and he come up to me and we were through in with the, the conference and he come up to me and he we wrote down how much we thought we could give more. And he told me the amount and I said, how are we going to give? We, I, you're unemployed and I'm working. I worked at Alcon. I hope that picture doesn't show in my mouth open. <laughs> but anyway, and do you know that the number, we were just always, it was there. It's always been there to give to the church. We give to missions and
2: yeah, we started giving uh, at Hallmark when we first started
1: it,
2: uh, there, but I think most of all what we've done, I've been able to do because of God's goodness to us and blessings that we've had, we've been able to take those blessings and pass along some of the uh, things that God's given us to others.
1: Until I came to Hallmark, I didn't really understand what all was going on in the world with regard to missionaries being sent from particular churches and what that meant. Um, I've become very familiar with it here at, at Hallmark and being able to participate in that and not only just to support individual missionaries as they go, but overall in the Faith Promise missions.
2: Giving is not just for the church and, and just for uh, the uh offerings to to do things at the church every day you get blessed more when you are part of god's uh, blessings to you
0: and i think about um, the elders in the church um, and when you hear them say um, god is faithful and i've heard that all my life and i've heard all the stories of tithing all my life and until experiencing it for myself i I didn't know what it was, what it meant, but I, going through it now, I know what it means.
3: God is good and all the time. Do you believe that? I mean, you really believe that? I uh, listened to those stories and as they were, uh, as the video was playing, I did not warn those people. We recorded those videos a couple of years ago and Carlos re-edited and all that and from different... Uh, Uh, time periods here at Hallmark and uh, as I was watching the video I was just watching the people that are sitting out in the audience saying oh my pictures on the video again but I did warn Miss Pansy because I thought I was wise in doing that that her video would be up there and uh, she gave me more information she said you know when Carl filled out that uh, I think she was specifically talking about faith promise missions when Carl filled that out he intended to increase it by X amount of dollars but he accidentally doubled the amount and I don't know, I mean you can ask her back there, I'm not sure if she was real happy with Carl at the time but as she again just told me right here in the foyer this morning God was faithful we serve a faithful God don't we and I think one of the blessings I have if you don't know my name's John and I'm blessed to serve as the pastor here the blessings I have of being the pastor of this church is to get to hear those stories. If you ask any of the people that have been members 30, 40, 50 years, kind of what Bobby Moore was talking about, I was interested as Bobby was talking about elders of the church and he was talking about age, not just uh, a position, but the older people in the church. And I, uh, I wanted to say, well, now, Bobby, you are one of those elders, but... <laughs> I didn't say that. You can, you can tell your dad I said that, all right? And, but, but if you ask any one of them, do you regret the money that you sacrificed to give to the Lord? Do you regret it? Well, some of you, have, you, you are those people. Do you regret it? I'll ask again. Do you regret it? I don't. I don't regret it. As Tanya was talking about their budget, really what she was talking about, I'll be honest, I think just like her at times, I think I could have a newer vehicle. We could get new carpet, right? I hear that all the time, we could get new carpet. (laughs) And I would like a new vehicle, and I like new carpet. But we couldn't give as much as we, as we do now if we had a new vehicle and new carpet, right? So There's some sacrifices that are made. I'm excited to talk about money today. You may not be, but I am. And the reason I'm excited about it is based on my own personal experience, based on what I read in scripture, based on the testimony of many faithful people at this church, I know what scripture says is true, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I also know the words of Jesus said, where your treasure is there your heart will be also. And so I believe as the pastor of this church, one of the greatest responsibilities slash opportunities I have is to share with you one of the best ways you can be blessed in life is to be a blessing. we We don't give, and I don't want to encourage you to give so that you'll get a blessing, although I believe you will. I believe the position in which I give back to the Lord is there's a key word in that statement that I give back to the Lord. I give not to get a blessing. I give because God has blessed me. And he's the one that's been faithful. So we're going through this series, Faithful, as you see on the screen, and really kind of a play on words here because uh, God has been faithful to me, to you, to his church hallmark. The church has been faithful to God. You have been faithful to God. But in order for us to remain faithful to God, we're going to have to be faith. What's the next word? It takes some faith to live in obedience to God. So we've been walking through what we've termed as the hallmarks of hallmark or our four core values the first one is that we want to be biblically driven that means we are going to adjust our lives to fit the Bible we're not going to adjust the Bible to fit our lives because that's what culture would say to do the second one is personally involved we made the statement last week that we want to we want to serve in the church but we also want to serve as the church as every Sunday morning and even as you walk out the doors here uh, in the main foyer, it says it's time to go be what the church to go serve the world today. We're going to talk about radically generous next week on our anniversary Sunday. Don't miss next Sunday, it's going to be great. We have the two former pastors that preceded me are going to be here. They're going to give us a short testimony of how God has been faithful to his church. And I'm, uh, I should have probably said they're going to give us a short testimony of how God has been faithful. So you pray for uh, Brother Wallace and Brother Haley that they can remember what short testimony means. That's all right. It's okay if we stay a little long next, next Sunday. It'll be all right. Because we're going to go right out there and eat. And it's going to be great. But the truth is, although we have these four neatly you know, packaged core values, the truth is, I think they're easy enough you probably could remember them. In fact, I might challenge you to remember them. In staff meeting this week, we had a pop quiz on who could remember them. And I won't tell you who could not remember them, all right? So you might want to take a picture. And But, but listen, these aren't new values to Hallmark. This is not something we sat around in a room last week and thought, hey, 75th anniversary, let's come up with some new core values. No, The truth is, I believe these four core values, they have been hallmarks of hallmark. When I think of this church in 1947, there was a group of people who were meeting most likely in a house and had a Bible study. And you know what they decided, let's gather together in a place. And you know what had to happen? There had to be some members in that small group of people that said, we're gonna be radically generous. And why would they choose to start a church? I believe so they could lead people to find and follow Jesus and they had to be radically generous and they started a church in 1947 called Faith Baptist Church and they grew and guess what their faith was gonna be tested again because they could no longer fit in that little building what I understand to be a little strip center on 7th and Maddox I wasn't there I don't know you should have laughed at that Uh, and in the 50s, their faith was tested again. Are we going to be radically generous, we're going to relocate, we're going to build a new building, we're going to be personally involved because they, they did the work. I heard, I heard, I've heard testimonies of people who would go to work all day and then they would go to the building and they would have construction. The church would build the building. And the ladies would gather and cook for the men who were building the building. They were personally involved. They were radically generous and on Morningside Drive and I-35. You can still see the building there. It's called Macedonia Baptist. Well, you can't see that right now. The sign is actually blown out of the church. But Macedonia Baptist, right on Morningside Drive. And they radically gave. Why? So more people could find and follow Jesus. And they outgrew that building in the 60s. They Moved a little farther south, down 35, 7300 South Freeway. And why I remember that address, I don't know. 7300 South Freeway. And they gave radically, generously. And they were personally involved because it took work. And why would they do that? Because they were outwardly focused. More people need to find Jesus. And they gave and they gave. They gave. I remember talking with the Mercers, and both of them now are in heaven. Frank died about two years ago. Verda a month or so ago. And they said when they joined the church, they were meeting in a tent because they were constructing the building on on Morningside Drive. And I think of the people before us who have been faithful, radically generous. In 1998. We relocated here to 4201 West Risinger Road, and I, I remember I moved to Fort Worth in 1997, and you, many of you in this room, you gave radically, you were generous with your finances, with your time. I don't know how many times I saw elderly men in this church cleaning the rocks off this property. One of them was my granddad. Some of you in the room, you you were a part of that group. They picked up rocks and rocks and rocks and rocks and rocks and rocks. Are are you thankful for that generation? People gave radically. And why would we do that? Because the focus was always for the people that weren't here. It wasn't just so that we could have a bigger building, it was so that more people could find and follow Jesus, and there's a sacrifice to be made to see more people come to Christ. So I'm excited to talk about generosity because I've seen what generosity does, not just for a church, but for an individual. Again, I love talking to the older generation and them telling me their stories about God's faithfulness. I'm going to share share one at the end, so bear with me as we get through the text. Matthew 6, Matthew 6, 19. This is a part of the longest recorded sermon of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount. If you want to know more about the Sermon on the Mount, last summer we did a series called the Sermon on the Mount, and we went through this section by section. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus is talking about money specifically. When I think of radical generosity, my mind specifically almost always goes to money. But it's, far, it, it's deeper than that. It's about our time. It's about our talents. It's just about serving. It's about outwardly focus. It really encompasses all of these things. But in our text, Jesus is talking about our material possessions, how we use what God has blessed us with, and what's the focus of that. I find it interesting that in Scripture, nearly 500 times in the Scriptures, we read about faith, having faith. Nearly 500 times in Scripture we read about prayer. And I think those two are intertwined, right? Faith and prayer. But nearly 2,000 times in Scripture we read about money. Do you realize that nearly 25% of Jesus' teachings that are recorded for us deal with money? So if I were to be more like Christ, once a month, we would teach on giving. Can I get amen to that? People who give say amen. All right. So let's talk about it. What did Jesus say? Verse 19, command here. Do not lay it for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay it for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. And here's what I quoted already. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I believe one of the greatest barometers of your spiritual health is what you do with your money. It's not the only one. Because you can give without loving, but you can't love without giving. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one, love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon or money or possessions. I have three quick questions for you. Similar to a few weeks ago, we talked about Uh, We're going to phrase these questions like we did. Say pancakes or waffles, okay? I can't get my mind off of it, right? I was amazed at how many of you ate pancakes and waffles a couple weeks ago. All right, I'm going to bring it up and make you think about it again. All right, so here's three questions that I want you to think about. We're going to walk through these based on our text. The first question is here or there? Here or there? Let me explain. What Jesus said in verse number 19 is don't lay up your treasures on earth. Because it's all going to be destroyed anyways. In verse 20 he says, do lay up treasures in heaven because they're eternal. When I think about this, how, how do you spend your money? How do you use your possessions? Let me be very clear. God is not against you having money. He's not against you making money. What he is against is that you are hoarding or you have excess and you're not generous. Here or there. Do you realize that one out of 10 Americans have an off-site storage unit that they store their treasured possessions? You know what I noticed yesterday? Maybe because I was thinking about this message, but I noticed there was tons of garage sales yesterday. Did you guys see that, or did you notice it, or was it just because my mind was on it? And I thought, well, we're just trading junk, right? Some, someone's cleaning out their garage so you can fill your garage. And then you're going to later clean out your garage so somebody else can fill their garage. Because it's, it's treasure, right? And you realize all the things that you're storing in your garage and the storage unit, your kids are going to have to throw away someday. Hint, hint, mom and dad. All right, so. I'm thankful my parents aren't hoarders, and you know why they're not hoarders? Because they're generous people, yeah. Amen. they're generous people, here or there. I thought this, was number, this number was low, but according to Gary Hamrick, there's 50,000 plus storage unit facilities in America. He said that there, for, for every person in America, there's like 7.3 square feet of space in storage units. In other words, every person in America could stand under the roof of a storage unit. I've, I've been a, a lot of places around the world. And that would be a better house than a lot of people in the world live in. So you you have an opportunity to store things on Earth that's going to be destroyed, or send it ahead, yeah. invest in eternity. i again I've never talked to an older person who invested money in the church, in the Lord's work, in missions, and ever regretted it. Here or there number two good or bad so unlike pancakes and, w- and waffles there should be a clear answer on these okay good or bad the lamp, verse 22, the lamp of the body is the eye. Therefore, if the eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is in darkness, how great is the darkness? What, what simply Jesus is saying, again, when we unpacked the Sermon on the Mount, what we said was the heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. Okay, Jesus is always after the heart. And he says, if your eye is good, the way you invest your money will be good. If your eye is dark, if it's bad, if it's unhealthy, what he's saying here, you're thinking of only temporal things. You're thinking of here, not there. If we have the right perspective, our perspective will direct our directions. It will direct our decisions. It will understand that the way I handle my finances has eternal implications. Is your eye good? Or bad is your perspective good or bad one of the greatest verses that I can give you is first Chronicles 29 first Chronicles 29 10 through 12 I remember memorizing this in 1996 every once in a while I'll compare what I have in my memory to Scripture and it's a little off just to be honest with you but here's how I for many years often still to this day I will write this in my journal every single morning And I'm going to paraphrase verses 10 through 12. I adore you as being in control of all things. Riches and honor come from you alone. And it is by your hand that men are made great and given power. In other words, what it does for me when I write this down, it reminds me. God's the owner. And everything I have is from him. So let me see if I can put this practically. Like, light is good, life will be good. If your eye is dark, bad, life is not gonna be good. So, so, perspective. Do you see your stuff as a gift of God or something you've worked for? Are you the owner or the steward? Here's what I believe. If you believe that God has been stingy with you, you will be stingy with God. And I know that sounds, I think it sounds like It seems easy to buy into that. I I mean, I made up the statement, so it's easy for me to buy into it. I guess I'm asking you for the first time hearing, does that make sense to you? If you view God as stingy, you'll be stingy with God. Is that true? Yes? Okay, I think you've, okay. You've agreed with it. Now take that to its logical end, right? If you are not generous with the Lord, then what are you stating? By your actions, I'll let you fill in the blanks. So the reverse of that must be true, right? If you view God as generous with you, then you will be generous with God. Would you also agree to that? But again, actions speak louder than words. If you want to know who, point number three i got to move on. Okay? God or money. If you want to know who's the king of your heart, check your financial records. What did he say in verse 24? No man can serve two masters. Because you're going to have a divided heart. You're going to be loyal to the one and hate the other. So if you want to know who's the king of your heart, check your financial records. Maybe you need a new perspective. God's good. God blesses me. I'm going to bless him back. Or God's stingy, therefore, I'm going to be stingy. God or money, who do you serve? Let me just be real clear too for a moment. The reason I like teaching about money is because God has taught me a lot of lessons about money. I'm thankful that that my parents, I'm thankful that my in-laws also taught me and my wife when we were little kids to tithe. Because just to be honest, if I learned this at age, you know, 26, with a child and a car payment. I'd be like, excuse me, I made this money. So I'm thankful for a godly heritage. I remember about five years ago, though, standing right here on this stage, I was challenging you Some, a similar message, just like this. It's a blessing to give. You know, I, I think about the Old Testament where a 10% was a requirement. I think when I look at the New Testament, I see... In my opinion, 10% is actually the bottom floor of that because, in every instance, when you go against law versus grace, grace was always exceeds the law. Thou shalt not murder. What did Jesus say? If you're angry, you've murdered. Thou shalt not commit adultery. The law. What did grace say? What did Jesus say? If you even look at someone, you've committed adultery. It's always a greater standard. So, for me personally, what we have chosen to do is that 10% has always been, that's been the minimum that we're going to, honestly, I don't even see it as a gift. It's just, it's just a requirement. That's the way I view it. So for, since, since Joy and I got married, we would give our 10%, we would give to missions. Since we moved to Hallmark in 1997, we've always given to the building fund. Still do to this day. Since, uh, I think, 2000, We've been given to manna. For about 12 years now, we've been given to real for Christ. We always just wanted to be more generous. It wasn't easy, but we just learned it. Down. About five years ago, someone challenged me. One of you in the audience here, you challenged me. You said, "Have you ever thought about giving more than 10 percent?" No. <laughs> I try to be completely honest with you, no. I give the missions. I give the building. I give to manna. I give the roof of Christ. I give more than 10%. Get out of my back. And their, their challenge to me was, you know, last week when you were preaching about giving, God challenged me that I ought, to, I ought to increase my 10%. It's not a tithe anymore because, you know, tithe is 10, but we're not going to argue over that. That person challenged me. I don't like that person. I said they're in the audience today, actually they're not, but they're still a member. So I talked to my wife about it, and we decided, okay, let's give 11 percent, so give the missions, the building, real for Christ, to manna, and you know what? God bless us, we didn't, we didn't like anything. Oh, next year, what do we do? 12%. And I'm, I'm thankful, at least this year, we're up to 15%. Plus missions and building and manna and real for Christ. I don't regret it. Do, do you know it's in our bylaws of this church, in order to serve as a deacon or a trustee or a treasurer, you have to give a tithe and you have to give to missions? This, so, I I haven't thought up radically generous. Jesus thought it up. But this church has been practicing it for 75 years. Aren't you thankful they have? If the people before us had not been radically generous, we would not be sitting in this beautiful facility. We wouldn't have all this room for people to find and follow Jesus. And I'm thankful for that. I told you I'd get you to to one last story. You may be wondering what this is. Okay, I'm not going to move it. I'll probably drop it. All right, so... I saw this years ago honestly it's been kind of hidden away in a closet Uh, me and Matt started talking about Pastor Matt our administrative pastor we started talking about this as we were talking about this message and and uh, so we went on a hunt to find it and we found it again and what this is this is you can't see it but 1971 in 1971 you know what people of this church did just to be honest I think it's crazy And you're going you're gonna to think the same thing. These people, so Hallmark had it set up with the bank. I don't know what bank. They went to the bank and said, I want to take a personal loan, and I want you to give all the money to Hallmark. I mean, if you want to do that, I mean, great. But I wouldn't recommend it. These people went and took a personal loan out, so that it says at the top, they could build the educational building over there in 1971 with cash. I think that's a little radical. Do you think that's a little radical? I might say a little crazy, but I don't want to say it too much. Do you know there's 15 family units on that board that still go to this church? That's amazing. The, the one that gets me right here at the bottom. Pam We see. That that Carl the, and Pansy, the lady you saw on the screen. I'm sorry, Pansy, we, we showed the video with your mouth open, but it says at the bottom, in memory of and their little daughter, right outside their front door, had got run over. And they gave sacrificially in memory of their daughter. You know that investment. I, I talked to Am and Juanita Irwin, who were on this. I talked to them the other day at Super Seniors, and I, I asked him, "How much money did you give?" I know I shouldn't ask that, but I did. And he told me, "And hey, you know what? You know what Juanita said? I thought he was crazy. Yeah. She didn't say that while he was standing there, just to let you know that <laughs> he was on a on a school teacher salary." I was a stay-at-home mom, four kids. I thought he was nuts. She said, but God was faithful. Do you think they regret it? No, they don't. You you see, when you see God as generous with you, you will be generous with God. And I am so thankful that this room right here this morning is filled with people who are generous. And, and honestly, my heart to you this morning is this. If you are not generous with God, this church will not suffer. Because this church belongs to God. Yes. Amen. And He is faithful. The gates of hell will not prevail against His church. So it's not about what this church needs from you. It really isn't. My heart, trust me, you are missing out if you're not giving generously. Ask anybody in here that's generous and I promise. Thou fail, they will say, God has been faithful. Would you pray with me? God, we, we thank you this morning for the faithfulness of people before us in this church that have been radically generous. They've worked hard, they've served, all for the sake of the gospel. We, we thank you for that testimony. But Lord, their faithfulness is not dependent on them, their faithfulness is dependent on your faithfulness. We thank you, God, that you have been faithful to this church, that you are always faithful, that you are generous. Lord, if we ever doubt your generosity, may we remember John three sixteen. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Lord, we'll never outgive you. And we thank you for the opportunity we have to be generous back to you. Thank you, thank you Lord, for your faithfulness.